What is up? Welcome in to No Putt Intended, presented by Club Fantasy. Once again, I am your host, Ryan Weiss, and I know what you're saying right now. Joe Zolo took another week off, and we're stuck with Ryan again. First and foremost, don't ever interrupt me again. Second of all, yes, that's basically the case, but it's still going to be an absolutely fantastic show. Um, we went and got one of our favorite people from Fantasy Football Twitter, and we normally have him as the co-host, but this week we wanted to put him in the spotlight. So we went and got Hutchinson Brown, no longer the young fantasy mind, but we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. We are going to be covering the Green Bay Packers, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Three very good teams with a lot of fantasy assets. It's going to be a great show. Stick with us. Welcome, everybody. It's No Punt Intended, presented by Club Fantasy. I am your host, Ryan Weiss. No Joe Zolo yet again this week, but with me, almost as always, the one and only founder of Club Fantasy, hater of Juju Smith-Schuster, no matter how many subtweets he <laughs> Wow, thanks for that one. <laughs> Joshua Hudson, how's it going, buddy? I've been on the road all day, so this is like a nice little change of pace for me. I'm just happy to like be out of a car and behind a steering wheel and stuck in traffic, so... There you this, go. This is great. I'm the captain. Nice little <laughs> How many weeks in a row do I have to host the show before Joe becomes the guest host? I think he's back <laughs> next week, actually. <laughs> I think, I, you know, maybe crossing fingers. Who knows? Yeah. Speaking of guest hosts, just a quick change of plans with everything that was going to go down tonight. We originally thought we were going to have Jake Trowbridge. He's on all the advertisements. Hutch was actually going to be the host. You were not going to be stuck seeing my face and hearing my voice for most of the show. But you know what? When you have a star like Hutch who goes by one name, who changes a website because he's growing out of it already at 15 years old. My guy, Hutch, welcome to the show. Buddy. 16 now, you? Ryan. Come on. Six, sorry. You're out here <laughs> driving while sick. He's kidding. <laughs> But how are you doing, Hutch? I'm doing great, man. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm sad uh, Jay couldn't join us. I was really uh, looking forward to seeing him. But, man, this is going to be awesome. The, looking through the the lineup of players and the teams we got tonight, it's going to be it's going to be a fun show. Well, while I while I am sad that Jake couldn't be here, any show where we get to let you talk more is going to be very good. If you tuned in last week when we had Stefania Bell on the show, I barely let Josh talk, so this could just end up being you the entire time. Um, before we jump into the team's hutch, me and you had a little conversation right before the, the whole show started, and you did recently kind of rebrand yourself, and I kind of like the reasoning behind it because it shows your growth in this industry. So do you want to talk about that a little bit so people know where to find you? Yeah, sure. I mean, I changed. So I used to be the host of the Young Fantasy Mind Football Podcast. That's no more. And the podcast is now called Hutchinson Brown's Fantasy Football Perspective. And instead of at TYFMNFL on Twitter, as I was formerly known, I'm now at B underscore FF on Twitter. It's right there on my little name tag here on uh, on the stream here. And I changed it because I, you know, I'd recently just hit 5,000 followers on Twitter this week. And I'm realizing, you know, I have two jobs in the industry now. I'm starting to become a more established part of this industry, starting to become um, a more well-known name in this industry. And I want to just have a brand that can last. And obviously, the young fantasy mind, I'm not going to be young forever. So that brand can't really last forever. So I've just (laughs) – I've just just wanted to uh, (laughs) – 
I just wanted to change it because it. I, I just know I can't last forever, and the the names that I have now, and the new branding that I have it, that can't. So. That's so really here's what I can tell you: my... you'll always be younger than Ryan and myself. So. Yeah, Josh, that is true. I'll stepping on my jokes, than... Josh. I was about to be like, you have to love the youngest kid in the entire industry telling us all he won't be young forever. <laughs> so. Yeah. But more importantly, oh, if you are somehow watching us and not already following Hutch, and I don't understand how you could be. He's been such an integral part of this show for the yeah, last been a year. Lot. Exactly. Been a Make sure you hit that sub button. He is just a wonderful follow. He has his TikTok popping off now. He's been doing a ton of great videos for football guys. I didn't get a chance to see your one today, which was um, Brees Hall versus Cam Akers, was it? Yes, that so, is correct. Yeah, I started this. Yeah, I started a, I've started a series on just draft decisions, like two players going really close in ADP, just deciding who you draft. Well, that sounds yeah. a little bit like our Would You Rather game, so I, I'd hate to have to come after you for trademark, but we'll talk about that after the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we can talk after we the show. we the plagiarism talk already, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. No, 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 don't, don't do that. All so jokes please. aside, we are completely kidding. So we are going to start with the Green Bay Packers. Last year. 13 and four, kind of a surprise. I don't know if anyone really knew they were going to be that good. Uh, coach returns, Matt LaFleur. New offensive coordinator is Adam Stenovich. Adam Stenovich. He was their former offensive Stenovich. line coach. Um, so as yeah, you know, man. what's that? Uh, when, when I was, uh, when I was reading through ready to get, ho when I was ready to host, I was reading through the doc and I read through that first name, Adam Stenovich. And I was like, oh crap, I'm going to screw that up. <laughs> Remember when I said I'm gonna bring this up because remember I was on the show yes. last time. Uh, one of the last times I said G off swing instead of Jeff. I was just swing. gonna say, thank God his name yes. wasn't Jeff. <laughs> yes, thank God it wasn't Jeff. But uh, yeah, that I was I was ready to butcher that name. Man, go ahead. It happens. Now, if you've been following around for, I think, the last nine episodes, you know that Josh and I are going to choose players who we think have the most fantasy upside and the biggest yeah. traps. But for the most part, we're going to let Hutch, Hutch's answers to some questions guide the show. So for most fantasy upside, Josh has A.J. Dillon. I have Alan Lazard. For players who are the biggest trap, surprise, Josh agrees with, disagrees with me and has Alan Lazard as the biggest trap. I say Robert Tunyon is the biggest trap. But now we're going to focus on what Hutch thinks about the Green Bay Packers. So, Hutch, if there is one player from the Green Bay Packers that you have to leave your fantasy draft with, who's that going to be? Yeah, I mean, I tweeted about it today. I mean, there was like a trend going on Twitter where we, everyone was tweeting about like my guys and like tagging a few analysts to join them. And my running back, my guy was A.J. Dillon. And this is a guy you have got to leave your draft with from the Green Bay Packers. Right now, he's just outside my top 20 running backs for this season in PPR ranks. And I'm just super excited for him this season because we saw down the stretch that he was a top 10 running back for fantasy. He was straight up outplaying Aaron Jones. He was out carrying Aaron Jones. And he only was like two touches behind Aaron Jones this past season. Like he was behind him by like two touches. No, Aaron Jones yeah. did do some injuries, but he was right there. And also a very underrated part of AJ Dillon's game is his pass catching ability. He got 34 balls last year. And with Devontae Adams gone, uh, that's going to open up a lot of targets in this offense. With Christian Watson now, you know, dealing with some injuries, that's that could potentially open up some more targets already. Even with Devontae Adams leaving and now Christian Watson may be gone, like that opens up even more. AJ Dillon, I could see him catching 40, 50 balls this year, honestly. And one last stat to throw here over the past six times, this includes AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones last year, the past six times that two backfield mates have each touched the ball 200 times in their same backfield, both backs fish top 24 every single season. Okay. So a lot of people, 
What's up? You're projecting that's going to happen again this year, obviously, yes. since it already happened last year. So yeah, I mean, they already they both broke that number, broke that 200 touch number at least 20 both yeah. from last year. Now with Devontae Adams gone, like that should just even up even more work, right? And I mean, we talk about like people want to avoid committee backfields. If there's enough touches going around, committee backfields can be good. I mean, we see Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram a few years ago. We see, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. Like, we see some studs for fantasy produce even in the same backfield. So, I think Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon can be, like, that next duo. And, Josh, you have Dillon as your upside, so. Yeah. Precisely. He's going at at RB25. Like, I have him currently as my RB19. But, Hutch, I'm with you, man. Like, I'm not really scared of committee backfields anymore because you're seeing teams utilize them so much more. We saw the, you know, basically a 50-50 split last year with Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. Both of them did great. You mentioned Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon. Those guys did fine. Like, it's, you know, maybe you're not getting the RB1, like, overall upside from a committee backfield, and that's fine. But there's only, like, five of those running backs that even exist in the NFL anymore. So why am I going to be scared off of a committee backfield when I know I can still potentially get a top five running back in the NFL in terms of fantasy production, like no Devonta Adams. All that does is lean more targets over to the running backs because that's typically what tends to happen. And, and Ryan, I, if I'm not mistaken, Borg over at the fantasy footballers wrote an entire article about vacated targets and how those targets tend to shift over towards the running back position. Exactly. Like we should not be fading yeah. Aaron Jones. Like, I have no, Aaron Jones great. as my RB5. Like, mm. he is going to absolutely smash this year. And for him to be sitting at – where is he at currently on uh, – I think he's going to be 10 or 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. RB13 right now. Like, that's stupid. I would rather have Aaron Jones over Nick Chubb, over Leonard Fournette. I would rather have him over Alvin Kamara. I personally would rather have him over Javante Williams. Like even DeAndre Swift, because I don't trust the the Lions offense. Yeah. You could argue even Derrick Henry as well. Like there's plenty of running backs that I would much rather have Aaron Jones. There's plenty of running backs. I would much rather have AJ Dillon. Like Ryan, you want to do a little, would you rather game? Cause I was actually saving it for Eli Mitchell because I think you guys are down on Eli Mitchell, but you know what? Let's do it now. Eli Mitchell is going to come up later on the show and it's going to bring up some interesting. Would you rather? So we are going to look at the running backs that are essentially at this point going off the board as your, well, I guess you were talking about Aaron Jones, weren't you, Josh? Or were you talking about, yeah, but I mean, it's just the committee backfield in general. Like, I, yeah. I want both of these guys. I would much rather have you know either of these running backs than any other player on the Packers. That well, includes let's... Alan Lazard. That includes oh, not even close. Yeah. All of them. No, I like what you originally said, though. Let's take a look at Aaron Jones going off the board as RB13, arguably the first RB2, but with tremendous upside. I don't think there are many players we would take behind him. So I'm going to kind of pick and choose a few in front of him because there's a few where I feel like the feelings are mixed. And I'm going to start with someone who has the potential, but we haven't actually seen it materialized yet. DeAndre Swift or Aaron Jones? Hutch. Oh, this one is DeAndre Swift all the way for me. I've got Aaron Jones at RB10. I've got DeAndre Swift at RB7. I I feel like most people are higher. I didn't know. So, Josh? I'm I'm in on Jones. I have Swift as my RB9. I have Jones as my RB5. I have him pretty even in terms of pass catching. But, you know, Jones is a more reliable running back. 
And he's shown that in the NFL exactly. over the years. I understand that, you know, Swift is, you know, it's only his third year, but he's been banged up. And I just don't think that the Lions offense is going to be more efficient than an Aaron Rodgers led Packers offense. I think I'm going to be, I, I agree, by the way, I'm, I'm DeAndre Swift on this one, Hutch. I think I might be the only one who picks my answer on this one. Javonta Williams or Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones, not even close for me. Josh? I have him in a whole nother tier. Uh, yeah, I I have them separated by like 40 fantasy points. I figured I would be the only one who's in on Javonta but, Williams. I mean, I will say that yeah, if any no of them way. is going to rush for a thousand yards, I would put my money on Javante. Oh yeah, absolutely. I put the money for rushing. If we're rushing, the pass catching upside with Aaron Jones far exceeds what you'll see out of Javante. I kind of thought that was going to be the case. Um, Josh, you kind of already said this, but Hutch, I'd like to hear your opinion. Nick Chubb or Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones. And are we both? You guys can both answer here. But Josh, is that? I think you kind of touched on it. That's strictly uh, because of the passing upside that Aaron Jones. Yes, I mean, I I have Nick Chubb at thirteen hundred plus yards. Like he's going to be very efficient on the ground. It's just who he is as a player, but they're not going to use him in a passing down role. And and to toot my own horn, I wrote an article for football guys last year that shows that in any scoring format, simply a target is worth more than a catch. Even in standard scoring, I think a target ended up being worth 1.4 times what a catch is worth because in a standard carry, you are only getting four yards and you're only scoring a touchdown one out of every like four times. If you look at this, wait, you just said a target's worth more than a catch. You mean a target's worth more than a carry. carry. My apology. A target is worth more than a carry. Thank you, Hutch. I would have sounded like a moron there for a second. (laughs) Yeah. I was confused there. Yeah. But this one I find fun because he's starting to gain a little bit of hype. Saquon Barkley or Aaron Jones. Uh, It's Aaron Jones. It's Aaron Jones. Josh. I don't yeah, think I agree Aaron Jones. Yeah, it's Aaron Jones for me as well. So it's anyone, like, you, any player you throw at Joshua or this guy, right? As Jones, long as it's, it's not one of the top Jones. four guys, exactly. Oh, yeah, no, go ahead, name guy. off the top four guys. We'll see. <laughs> okay, so the top four there, guys. There's by, a couple that I think people are liking more that I do like Aaron Jones more than. Well, there's only we're okay. So Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones. It's Jonathan Taylor, right? Taylor. Hutch. Yes. Christian McCaffrey or Aaron Jones. McCaffrey. 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 Austin Eckler or Aaron Jones, Josh? Eckler. Eckler. I do have Eckler higher. And okay. then finally, I and I guess fifth. this is probably the one. No, Najee is down at fifth. I'm not going to – but Derrick Henry or Aaron Jones? I have Aaron Jones above Derrick Henry. Josh – or uh, Hutch? I have Henry above, but I I am I am concerned with Henry for this year. I'm very what's, concerned. I'd still what's take fun about Henry versus Aaron Jones is Henry, you still have to basically pay a first-round pick for. Jones is falling to the third in some You drafts, don't. So Jones is falling to the third. So when you're building your fantasy team, Aaron Jones is the better piece to build with completely. So, well, that's the thing is like, I could be sitting at the tail end of my drafts. I can still snag Dalvin cook, potentially Joe Mixon. Exactly. Who I have lower than Aaron Jones, but then get Aaron Jones at the turn. And, and I think that's something we really need to, like, we've, we try to do our best to help people understand fantasy. When we're saying we like these guys more, always consider cost. Build your team around letting Aaron Jones fall unless you know he's not going to fall. If you're middle of the first round, you don't need to take Aaron Jones with the sixth pick. Wait until you're middle of the second round pick and then take somebody else you like more in the first. Unless you know who is at the end of the draft and you know they have a man crush on Aaron Jones, 
you may need to reach for him. If- and that's fair. So reach within reason, but let the ADB come to you a little bit. And I'll again, this is yeah. why mock drafting helps. When you can get an idea of where a player is going to go, you know the round beforehand when you need to take him. Hutch, let's get into the player you're avoiding for the Green Bay Packers because I did a, 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 a Twitter space or whatever the hell it's called um, not that long ago, just talking about my quarterbacks with a group. And I got played for not liking Aaron Rodgers, but he is a player you are avoiding on the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, it's tough because when I was thinking about players to avoid, like I love Aaron Jones, I love AJ Dillon. Uh, I do like Alan Lazard. Uh, I mean, Christian Watson with his new injury might be up there as a player as well, but he's going so late. That's tough to say you have to avoid him because he's just going so late. Yeah. He's a dart throw. But Aaron Rodgers, like we just have not seen him without Devontae Adams. And we have no idea what this offense is going to look like without him. I don't know why he is a locked-in quarterback one in most rankings, why he's a locked-in quarterback one in ADP. I mean, I've got him at quarterback 14. Like, I don't even have him as a quarterback one. I actually agree with you on ranking. I am going to stop you on one thing because your 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 youth might be playing in here a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, We've we, seen we Aaron Rodgers yeah. without Devontae Adams. Yes. He's been very I mean, good. I would, mean, I would mean more recently without Devontae <laughs> Adams. That's fair. Because Devontae Adams has been a touchdown machine, and Aaron Rodgers for the past few years of his very career true. has been a high touchdown rate type of player. And he's back-to-back MVP season, back-to-back uh, – did he score 40 touchdowns last year? Or do you have like uh, Rogers was, like was at 30s? 40 on the nose if you count rushing 40 on the nose, year. right? Yep. If you include rushing, okay. Yeah, but Rogers he doesn't use his legs much anymore, so he's not gonna give you that rushing for fantasy. So he's gonna be throwing a ton of touchdowns without one of the mm-hmm. best red zone receivers in the NFL, if not the best red zone in the receiver in the NFL in Devontae Adams. Like you're not gonna score as many touchdowns. And if he's not rushing the ball, and if this offense becomes more run heavy, like Rodgers is great, but if those things all come together, he's not going to be amazing for fantasy football. So I don't see him as a quarterback one for 2022. Josh, I know you're not the biggest fan of this receiving court. Is there a way Aaron Rodgers can throw 35-plus touchdowns again, losing? He's threw 37 last year and lost 11 from Devonta Adams. So Devontae Adams. So Alan Lazard already scored eight last year. Who's going to make up for these touchdowns, or should we expect massive regression? So I have Rodgers at my quarterback 16. I have him with 32 wow. touchdowns. Okay. So okay. I'm not saying that he can't still throw that much. Like, I mean, we've seen when Lazard is on the field, he can get open. He's a big body target. Uh, we've seen Sammy Watkins in this offense. I think a lot of people forget that Matt LaFleur was once the offensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams when Watkins was in L.A. that one season after he was traded from Buffalo. So there's some familiarity there when Watkins is healthy. We know there's talent there. That's why he was the fourth overall pick in the draft the year that he came out. Is he older? Sure. Can he stay healthy? Not really. He hasn't shown that he can. But there's always going to be fantasy-relevant weeks. And when you have a quarterback that's as talented as Aaron Rodgers, if Sammy Watkins is on the field, Rodgers will find a way to get him the football because Watkins has talent. We know they spent a second round pick on Christian Watson. We know they like Christian Watkins or Watson, excuse me. But I, I've kind of view him as like a, a Marquez Valdez Scantling type. Like he's somebody that's going to get down the field. And both those guys are very similar in that they have very suspect hands. With Watson being a rookie, you know, I only have him at three touchdowns, but I could very easily see that that number spiking. We've yeah. seen Robert Tunyon have a ton of touchdowns. 
So like there's there's he's going to spread this football around. And that's the big difference. And I like through some of our conversations with one of our writers, Joel, he's Wirt, going to have to learn to. Well, he's and that's the thing to. is that, you know, this is for the last few years with LaFleur as head coach, LaFleur has kind of run an offense that caters to Aaron Rodgers. And now without Devontae Adams, without that one piece that he trusts more than anybody, Rodgers is now going to have to learn how to run a Matt LaFleur offense. And that means spreading the ball around and not owning in on one particular player. Because at the end of the day, that's what's going to make your offense more dynamic. And it's going to make your offense more dangerous. Yeah. So I think there's still a lot of potential here. But it's going to take a much older Aaron Rodgers who, you know, maybe is a little bit more stubborn because, you know, he's done so well in his career. Now he's got to kind of alter his game plan a little bit and be like, all right, well, am I just going to like fall in line or am I just going to be stubborn and do what I used to do and hope that it works? I, I want you guys to talk through one. There's one player rating and I'm willing to bet you both. And I know I do as well have him higher than Aaron Rodgers. And for folks who are big football fans, but only ancillary fantasy fans. This is the name that gets everybody very riled up. I am certain that you both have Trey Lance ranked ahead oh, of Aaron nine. Rodgers. I have Trey Lance at quarterback seven. Okay, Josh. So I only have Lance drink. at fourteen. So oh, what I don't no, have I'm him much higher than Rodgers. Okay, but but to be fair, you still have him ahead of Aaron Rodgers, and this is I something do, yeah. that yeah. seeing a guy who played what three starts last year didn't look good. No, no, eight, no, eight. three starts in the last three years. Yeah, that's fair as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but did not play a lot last year versus a two-time NFL MVP. And I understand we like the weapons. We like what he can do with his legs. Hutch, you are obviously leaps and bounds ahead. You have Lance twice as high as you have Aaron Rodgers in your ranking. So as nicely as you can, explain to folks who maybe look at just football and not fantasy and explain why Trey Lance is a much better fantasy asset than Aaron Rodgers. It's because he runs the ball. It's it's very simple when you it's because he, it's just because he runs the ball. When you look at Jalen Hurts last, they go up, look up look up Jalen Hurts' passing stats last year, and then go look up his fantasy finishes. Like he was a horrible passer, one of the worst deep ball throwers in the NFL. He had awful weapons. This was a really bad pass offense, and it was miserable watching him play football last year as an Eagles fan. I watched every game. It was miserable. <laughs> it was truly miserable. But then you look at your phone at the end of the game and he scored the other 22 fantasy points. Yeah. It's because he runs the ball. It's very, it's very simple. If you have a quarterback who can pass and run, they're scoring fantasy points in two different ways. And that's just the Konami code. It's it's because he runs the ball, and that is simply it. Yeah. yeah I, mean, no I have Trey Lance at 800 plus rushing yards. So that's what I was gonna and ask, Josh. Because with him with him yeah, falling that's to interesting. your 14, though, at 800 yards, yeah, 800 rushing yards. I don't have him at 22 passing touchdowns. That's why. Okay. Yeah, How I many? only have him at 22 passing touchdowns. Okay, yeah, that's a small number. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, I have him at 25. Now, what's funny is I don't have him at that many rushing yards. He is – Trey Lance actually has recently fallen. You guys are all fancy with your so. projections. I don't do those. Hey, it doesn't I matter. Feel- you don't have to do projections to be right. Like, you you know how you feel and you understand <laughs> I why I feel, like, works. bad because you guys are bringing up all, like, numbers, exact numbers, and I don't have anything. I mean, I, I will say, like, the, the San Francisco no. offense, which I know we'll get to here in a bit, like, it, it's yeah. – it, predicated very much on yards after the catch Aaron Rodgers weapons aren't predicated on yards after the catch he's going to chuck the ball down the field and he's going to rely on solid route running and guys getting open and this is a very not experienced receiving core when you when you factor in behind Lazard and and Watkins like 
I don't know what we're getting out of Randall Cobb. Can, you know, Amari Rogers take a step forward? How is Christian Watson going to develop? Is Sammy Watkins going to stay healthy? Lazard stay healthy, et cetera. Like, you know, Tunyon's coming off of a knee injury. So like right now, all they really have are the running backs. So for me, it's, it's, and when you're relying on running backs as your, your highest target volume, that's a very low moving the chains type of pass. So like instead of the 4,500 or 4,400 plus yards that Aaron Rodgers would typically get because we know how skilled Devontae Adams is, like I have him just over 4,000 yards. And that's just me respecting Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. You know, like I I have Trey Lance at like 3,900. But again, it's yards after the catch. What does Debo do best? He gets down the field. What does George Kittle do best? They break tackles, get down the field. Brandon Ayuk, same situation. These guys, when they have the ball in their hands, they make plays. So all Trey Lance has to do is get the ball near them or he's going to take off and run. It's one or the other. So that's why I think that there, there's more potential for for Lance just, again, because of that you know Konami code and the rushing yards. But he has much better weapons that even if he takes a small step in that progression as you know a number three overall pick, there's a very high ceiling for Trey Lance. Yeah, and I just want to go back to that one second real quick, Aaron Rodgers versus Trey Lance. Like, yeah. imagine, like, you you know, Aaron Rodgers, he's not running much anymore. If he sees pressure, he's probably going to throw to the running backs, right? He's probably gonna no, to the or he's going to throw it away. Or he's that's what away. Aaron Rodgers does. But if he gets it to the running back, that's like four yards, which is like a fantasy point. But then you look at Trey Lance and what he's doing. If he sees pressure, he's probably going to run. And he's probably going to get like five, six yards, maybe even more because he's pretty quick yeah, on his feet. Four, pa- four passing yards is at one point. No, it's not, not even, even. That. It's 25 yards point, to get a point. Sixth. It's one sixth of a point. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's like, yeah, that's like no points. Like you're, you're getting like no points out of that. But with Trey Lance, if he runs for five yards, that's which is a pretty short run, point, that's half five point. points. Yep, absolutely. You're so, five yeah. points from that. Like yep. that's, a, that is a, like insanely much bigger than yeah. what Aaron Rodgers got. That's also part of the argument why rushing quarterbacks are key for fantasy. I love it. We're going to just kind of blow through the sleeper hutch. I know you have Randall Cobb. So did Joe. Yes. So Joe just put he's Aaron Rodgers' most trusted receiver. I don't think we need to say more than that. Uh, Joe's no, IDP really. stash is Devondra Campbell. Campbell is getting older, but he's still a solid linebacker. He's probably going to be a very th- a good third linebacker for deeper leagues that play IDP. So we're going to jump over to the 49ers. 49ers, 10-7 and 7 last year. Kyle Shanahan is back, and they don't even have an official offensive coordinator. It will be Kyle Shanahan calling the plays yeah, again. Yeah, most upside, Josh has Brandon Ayuk, and I know that makes Hutch smile. I actually have Eli Mitchell, so we're going to be talking about running backs again. Biggest trap, Josh has Debo Samuel. I have George Kittle. We'll talk about that. But we're going to get into Hutch's answers first. Hutch, there's one 49er you can leave your draft with. I know we already talked about him. I didn't put two and two together that I brought up Trey Lance, but why is Trey Lance the guy you're leaving your draft with? (laughs) It's like... It's one it's because he's a Russian quarterback and he's being drafted as a borderline top, obviously with Jimmy G potentially getting traded uh, with Jimmy G seeking a trade. If he officially gets traded, that ADP is probably going to sneak up into the top. And that, that's kind of where I was going to go with this is where do we think he ends up? In I ADP? think by like, by like late August, early September, I think he's probably going to be going around quarterback 10, like probably where around Jalen Hurts went last year. And I'm just, what's up? I, I would disagree with that. And the reason I say that is like I was getting Jalen Hurts outside of the top 12 at quarterbacks in most of my like home leagues because yeah, people leagues. fall home in love. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And th- this is the thing. When you're talking to the audience, know your audience. 
if your audience is the people that you know are don't show up to fantasy drafts until July and start doing research versus us degenerates that are literally doing this 24 7 365 yeah they're not thinking about Trey Lance who only started one game against the Houston Texans they're looking at Matthew Stafford who just won a Super Bowl they're looking at Aaron Rodgers who's a former MVP they're looking at the traditional pocket passers that win football games not realizing yeah. that these aren't the guys that are putting up the fantasy points it's guys like Trey Lance Trey Lance Lamar yeah. Jackson Kyler Murray, the guys that run the football as well. So that's where I will slightly disagree with you because Jalen Hurts was the was a quarterback one all but like one week last year. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he finished, I think, his QB seven overall. But so I, I think that there's there's room for Trey Lance to have a very similar finish. But you're going to see him in kind of, you know, mostly regular drafts where that ADP is kind of going to be kind of where I have him at QB 14. You know, Hutch, yeah, but- I want to... Well, hold on, Hutch. I want to just ask you a quick question about Lance, and this might come into your answer. Because you brought up if Jimmy Garoppolo is traded, but the reports came out yesterday that they told Jimmy G it, yeah, it's Trey's team trade, now. Yeah. So I think we can all agree Trey Lance is likely to go later in a home league draft because people don't know who Trey Lance is and that he's probably a very good value. Are you worried, Hutch, as an analyst, if Jimmy G is still on this team? Is it the constantly looking over your shoulder thing? Like, do you think it's a problem? For Trey Lance, if Jimmy G's on this team, so continue your thought from earlier. But is that a thought that's going through your head as well? Um, yeah, I'll just answer that question first, and then go back to uh, what okay. I was about to say. But yeah, uh, that will definitely be a concern for me. I, I would definitely move him down a spot or two in my rankings if that was going to happen. Because if he really struggles, because we have not seen Trey Lance play as Joshua Hudson said earlier ago, a couple years we haven't seen him play football. He, if he's not winning them, cause they're like, they're trying to win now. Like they are like, they were almost yeah. in a Super Bowl last year. If they're not winning games and he is struggling, they might bench him for Jimmy G who will win that. Kyle Shanahan shows that it doesn't matter. The draft capital invested in you. doesn't matter the money they've invested in you. If you have a better chance of winning us football games, they're going to put you out there. Okay. That's what Kyle Shanahan does. I mean, he did with Elijah Mitchell, the sixth round pick, the sixth round rookie who was better than everybody else. And I mean, mostly, I mean, mostly the guys got injured, but he <laughs> gave him the shot because he was talented yeah. and he kept him out there because he kept uh, winning them games, kept helping them win games. If Trey Lance is not helping them win games and Jimmy Garoppolo is the better option for them, or as they see Jimmy Garoppolo is the better option for them, they're going to throw him out there. So that would definitely concern me a little bit, but back to Trey Lance. And I want to bring up Jalen hurts here because I think I just see Trey Lance as a upgraded 2021 Jalen hurts. Okay. Because this is a better offensive system, like better coach. Like that is a period. Better offensive coach, better offensive weapons around him. And I think Trey Lance has a better arm than Jalen Hurts personally. I think he can throw oh, the yeah, ball absolutely. farther down the field. Yeah. I think he has a better deep arm, a like better deep ball. I think he better throw the ball down the field farther. And I think that he's faster on his feet. I think he's much quicker on his feet than Jalen Hurts. So I I'd think that Hurts maneuvers, is, I think, a little bit better than Lance. I'll agree. Yeah, maybe Lance straight is a line bigger, faster. Yeah. Yeah, I think straight line speed, but like, yeah, Trey Lance is a bigger guy. But yeah. also going back to that, he is a bigger guy, and he's also that means he's probably built better than Jalen Hurts to take hits. We saw Jalen Hurts get hurt last year, miss some time, and I don't think Trey Lance ha- is as big as a wrist to miss game since he's such a big dude. Like, he, isn't he like six four? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm right on that, but he's like, like 6'4", 220 plus pounds. I'm pretty sure he played linebacker at some point in high school. Like he played linebacker in high school. Like this dude is built to take <laughs> hits. This dude can take hits. So I think Trey Lance is just 2020 Jalen Hurts upgraded all around. 
and I'm ready to watch him be a stud for fantasy. And, and for those for those yeah. who didn't pay attention to Jalen Hurts last year, in 15 games was the QB nine, and like Josh said, finished the most weeks as a top 12 quarterback in fantasy yeah. football. So it's someone worth paying attention to. Um, Absolutely. Let's let's go ahead and move on. You have that you are avoiding Eli Mitchell. Yeah. Um, Josh, I don't know that you and I have ever had discussions on Eli Mitchell. So Hutch, go ahead and explain why you're avoiding and then I'll figure out Josh's thoughts and I'll explain why I'm not. <laughs> Elijah Mitchell is a relief is the 49ers backfield is just one that I do not draft the top option because over the past five years, the leading rusher has changed every single season. Every year. And Kyle Shanahan has said recently that he's going to implement a committee, a running back by committee backfield. And additionally, do you guys know Elijah Mitchell got hurt five different times last year in five different body parts? Yeah. Five different times. And not all of them kept him off the field, but they definitely limited him in games. They kept him off the field sometimes. The 49ers just can't stay healthy with their backfield. They draft the 49ers drafted a third round running back this year. And I am just concerned that Elijah Mitchell is going to be thrown to a committee and he's going to get hurt. And the pass catching upside isn't there either. Like Elijah Mitchell is not a proven pass catcher. If Trey Lance sees pressure, he's not thrown to a running back. He's running. He's going to go for 5, 10 yards. He's not going to throw a running back and try to get three yards out of Elijah Mitchell. That's he's fair. going to run the ball. So I don't see the pass catching upside. I think he's potentially stuck in a committee. And I see a lot of risk for injuries, but at his ADP in the, like this, if you see him, if I see him in like the sixth round, he's totally tempting because the upside is definitely there because we saw what he could do in games. Oh, I'm sorry. Jeez. Oh, you're good, bro. But I saw, we saw what he can do in games last year and that could totally just come right back into this season. He could just totally be the workhorse yet again this season, but I'm just, I think there's too many question marks. I think he's the perfect, like, dead zone running back type of player where he's just going to disappoint. Josh, what do you feel about him? Uh, that's kind of where I am. I, I'll disagree on Hutch's point where his ADP is tempting. I don't think his ADP is tempting at all. It's currently RB24. You got guys like AJ Dillon, Miles Sanders, Damian Harris. Usually ADP Hunt, isn't, Tony I just Pollard. see him fall sometimes. I see him fall into the sixth and seventh round, and then I start like, that is interesting because there is upside, but I, I mean, I see him go above guys like Jacobs and Antonio Gibson, and I think that's crazy. Like, I would much rather have yeah. those guys over Mitchell. Easily, like, yeah. I just feel I like there, there's, time. yeah, there, there's way too much competition for me with with Mitchell. I have him as my RB thirty three. Um, oh, you know, it, it, I understand the whole you know moving pieces and and you know they you know Shanahan doesn't commit to one running back. But I feel like that's more out of like necessity because he hasn't had available running backs. Because like when he has an available running back, he will give him the football. Okay. But when you when you toss out someone like Mitchell, who's only two hundred and seven pounds or whatever, like I got to stop you real quick though, because you hit on an interesting point. When he has the right running back, he will give them the football. Yeah, Elijah will, Mitchell yeah. only played eleven games last year. Mm -hmm. How many running backs? Just each of you give me a number. How many running backs do you think had more carries than Elijah Mitchell in only 11 games? And I don't mean per game. I mean total carries. I think there was like 10 because I know he was um, up there. He had over 200 rushing attempts last year. Yeah, he had over – yeah, he, he he hit 200 last year. Uh, I would say like 12. Okay, well, you guys suck with your football knowledge because I was expecting you to say big numbers. <laughs> In only 11 games, Eli Mitchell was the 13th highest carry volume last year. So great job, guys. So 12. But right? 12. You were right on it. Oh. So only 12 guys 
everybody ahead of him outside of the god that is Derrick Henry played at least 13 games last year. So I just think Kyle Shanahan has shown Eli Mitchell can be the guy. And other than Tyrion Davis-Price, which Hutch, you can talk about a little bit later, other than Tyrion Davis-Price, they haven't added anybody. Like it's still the same bums that were there last year. Why now, Josh? Would they go away from him? You said you think it's a size thing. Like maybe are you? Yeah, I think you, I just think that if they're if they gave him 200 carries in 11 games, I feel like that tells you that okay, it, like it just it wore him down. It broke him down. Yeah, he like, got injured five different times. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and and that's kind of my point. Like he's a smaller guy. Like this is like saying that you know Austin Eckler or Kenneth Gainwell are going to have. 300 carries over 16 games like they, they just can't do it but they can have 170 no. over 16 games yeah. because you know they're they're elusive and they can you know shake and bake whatever elijah mitchell and and that I'll, I'll give a shout out to ray gq on this one because he was beating the elijah mitchell drum even heading into the draft that hey this guy had potential he's a classic one cut runner that works perfectly in a shanahan system yep. and <laughs> Tyrion Davis Price has a very similar skill set. The difference is he's bigger. He's also very fast too. So unless Davis Price ends up in the doghouse, a la Trey Sermon, yeah. you could see a situation to where once Elijah Mitchell breaks down, and I'll say once because I do think that he will eventually because it's he hasn't proven otherwise. This could be Tyrion Davis's Price's job in a heartbeat. But are we 100% certain that Sermon hasn't worked his way out of the doghouse and that maybe he ends up overtaking Tyrion Davis-Price because he was the third-round pick the year before? You know what I mean? So, like, there's a lot of moving parts here, and it just, for me, it's just a trap overall. It really is because I don't know who to trust, and I feel like I would much rather take a dart throw on somebody like a Sermon or Davis-Price just at cost in the event that Mitchell doesn't hold up. And that's fair. The cheapest running back in a committee is usually the best. I, I don't want to do a big old game of, you know, would you rather, but the names that are going around him, Josh, cause you mentioned you're not interested by the ADP Hutch. You said you are interested. So let's just do quick Brady answers falls. here. Let's see. Say, yeah, let's see. But when you think about these guys, I really want you to think about the questions that already surround them. And in fact, I'm going to throw the question at you because we already know what the questions are around Eli Mitchell. Um, at RB21, Brees Hall, bad offense. I think you both, though, Brees would take Brees Hall. It's not even close. Okay, and Josh, I think you yeah. would take him over Eli Mitchell. I have Hall well, at right? 18, yeah, and I would absolutely take Hall over me. Oh, Hall's okay. every nine. Yeah, Travis Etienne, returning from injury. You both just want him more than Eli Mitchell, correct? Yeah, he's better that pass one's catcher. Tougher. That one's tougher, but he's the better pass catcher. I got Etienne at 27, Mitchell 29, so it is definitely closer, and I would definitely have to stare them down for a bit. But with ETN's pass-catching ability, with Trevor Lawrence stepping in a year two, ready for a breakout potential, I, I trust the quarterback more as a passer there, and I trust the, the pass-catching ability from ETN. And they played in college together as well. I trust their bond. Yeah. I would take ETN, but I am i don't love either of those guys, honestly. There you, okay, and that's fair. So J.K. Dobbins, who may not be ready for week one, over Eli Mitchell for both of you? I have Dobbins higher, yes. I have, I do have Dobbins higher, but that's assuming he starts week one. If we see concerns that he's not starting week one, because I don't love Dobbins either. I don't like Dobbins. So, so those I guys would... are all going in the top 50. Mitchell is number 50 right now, according to Fantasy Pros. These next two, 
you can get around later. So it seems kind of foolish to compare them. But Josh, you said one of these names earlier and it upsets me. But I'm going to start with the name that doesn't upset me. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, a perpetual disappointment versus Mitchell. Eli Mitchell and his 20 carries per game. That's got to get mid. That's that's Mitchell. I mean, I have CEH at 30 and Mitchell at 33. I mean, that, that's cool. So, I'm wow, shocked no, at how low you are on Mitchell, I, I, but I it, it's no, just for crazy. me, it, it, it comes down to pass catching. Like CEH is going to catch more balls, way more balls than Elijah Mitchell. I have Mitchell at 59 more carries than CEH. I and I, but I do have uh CH okay. with I think two more total touchdowns. All right. And the last one, Josh, I wouldn't even have brought him up except you slipped his name in earlier when you were saying something about this ADP. Miles Sanders, oh, my, oh, you my. said. Yep. makes him less interesting. I'm taking Eli Mitchell over Miles Sanders twice in every draft. I'll, I'll I, That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So Josh, please explain that one. And I guess Hutch, if you're an Eagles fan and you agree, you can chime in on this one too. But Miles Sanders just told us not to draft him. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm well aware of that. I, dude, they're separated by three points. Like I, I don't have a huge difference between them. Okay. So it's pulling. I think I misunderstood what you were saying Eagles earlier. Fan, I love Miles Sanders. I'm rooting for Miles Sanders. So yes, I would take Miles Sanders over him. But Miles Sanders is way more explosive of a running back. Okay. Like I, I would absolutely take him with in in a Jalen Hurts office. I understand he's not going to get the red zone touches, but you know what? We could very well see a scenario where Elijah Mitchell doesn't get red zone touches if Trey Lance is a quarterback. That's, that's true. Fair. Yeah. It's going to be the exact same situation for both of them. Hutch, Hutch, are you taking Miles Sanders at his word? <laughs> I uh, no, I think I'd still take Mitchell, honestly. Well, I mean, are you taking? Are you avoiding Miles Sanders because he told us to? <laughs> oh, 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 um, I'm not necessarily avoiding Miles Sanders, but I'm not heavily targeting him either. He's just meh to me. There's right, just the wide receivers in his range. I like a lot better. I, I like this though. Like I said, it's just interesting to me because I see him as someone who could be a bell cow and I see him as a sneaky value in the fifth round and, and you guys are down on him and that's absolutely no. fine. Yeah. Um, Hutch, I don't know a lot about these rookies, especially when we start getting into the next round, but you have Tyrion Davis price as your under the radar player. Um, talk to yeah. us a little bit about him. So. And honestly, it's funny because I'm not crazy in on him as a talent. Like I'm not super in a tire. Like I'm not super in a Davis Price's talent. I've never thought of him as like a crazy sleeper. But the 49ers invested the third round pick in this guy. There is very little competition around him besides Elijah Mitchell. And when Elijah Mitchell eventually goes down because he had five injuries <laughs> last year, it's gonna happen. Like he has not showed us that he can stay healthy at his lightweight with the the workload he might see. It's probably going to happen. He's probably going to go down to something. Yeah. Davis Price has like I mean, he has this backfield. He has big, the keys to the backfield. Guy, and he's got four, four. And he's a big like, dude. Yeah, he's a yeah. big dude. He can take that workload. And if he shows out, Kyle Shannon will just say, you know what? You take it. If you're not, if and you're just that's, on the field and be healthy. I mean, we literally saw Elijah him Mitchell. with Elijah Mitchell. Yes, we watched year, him do so. Elijah Mitchell last year. If, well, if, if he's these. I think. Go ahead. Sorry, finish go ahead. up, Hutchin. Go ahead. I was going to say, if he says, if he sees Davis Price really show out, stay healthy, take that workload. Like, I think he's just going to keep giving it to him. If he thinks, oh, Elijah Mitchell's not going to stay healthy, why not just give it to the guy who's going to stay on the field and win his games? Keep giving it to Davis Price. And I think the big difference here this year with Davis Price versus last year with Trey Sermon, everybody knew Raheem Mostert's injury history. Everybody knew. Yes. So the moment they drafted Trey Sermon, we all anointed Trey Sermon as like the next 49, great 49ers running back. Yeah. And he bumped. 
I don't think people are expecting Davis Price to bomb, but we saw Elijah Mitchell do well last year. So there's not a an uncertain guy in front of him in the sense that, you know, no, he hasn't really done like Raheem Mostert, as much as I like him as a player, and I'm always rooting for him because he is the classic underdog story. Yeah, he's awesome. He hasn't really done anything. Yeah. Like Elijah Mitchell last year, better season than any season Mostert has ever had. Yeah. So you know, there, there's enough in front of Davis Price that's going to keep his ADP down. So it's very easy to say, especially if you want to go the zero RB route or hero RB route. Yeah, I'll take a dart throw on Davis Price because that's the type of running back that you target in that style of draft. So I'm fine with it. And I and I like him definitely as a deep sleeper. And I, I agree, he is very underrated. But his, his talent is straight line speed. Okay. So for me, it's can he learn the one cut, the zone run scheme? Like if, if that's there, big boom. Because he yeah. will bring the boom because that's a big back. All right, let's yeah, finish up the 49ers. Uh, Joe's biggest sleeper is Jeff Wilson. Real, real quick, running. before you yeah. jump into that, Ryan, I want to touch on Brandon Ayuk because I know Hutch. Yes. Yeah, I so you both Brandon had him. Ayuk. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Talk about Brandon. I, 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 I want to bring up this one stat. I want to bring up this one stat because everybody wants to harp on Debo Samuel and how great he had of a 2021 season. All of his, like, probably over 90% of his rushing output came from weeks 10 to 18. I think he only had like six rushing attempts at the beginning part of the season. I love this stat. From weeks 10 to 18, okay? Debo Samuel averaged five targets a game, three and a half receptions, 65.4 yards, and... 0.25 touchdowns and averaged 18.7 yards per carry. He played one less game than Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk out targeted him per game, out caught him. They had more receiving or receptions per game, more yards per game, and more touchdowns per game. Brandon Ayuk is an absolute boss. And we're forgetting that sometimes wide receivers actually do take time to develop. Because yeah. remember, it used to be the third year boom for wide receivers. We've been so spoiled with wide receivers lately that people yeah. have already discounted what Brandon Ayuk could be. Debo Samuel is fighting for a contract. Obviously, he had a great year. It was all built around yards after the catch. If Brandon Ayuk shows out, there is zero need for the 49ers to pay Debo Samuel because they still have Ayuk under contract for two more years. Because remember, he was a first-round pick before they technically have to start worrying about, oh, I got to re-sign this guy. So just saying. Yeah. And at his current price, his ADP right now is wide receiver 42. Yeah, Give his me ADP that is value over though. Debo. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> um, I guess I should probably yeah. quickly explain too. I, have, I had George Kittle as my uh, potential bust, my trap play. My biggest concern here is the change at quarterback. And anybody who has ever watched our show – we do not argue with George Kittle might be the best all around tight end in all of football. And when you have a mobile quarterback, Kittle may be asked to block more than what we're used to. And that worries me for him hitting the target value that he needs to, to still hit as a top five tight end. I'm a big guy who loves Dalton Schultz. I think Kittle right now isn't the draft value that a guy like Dalton Schultz is. And he did, just didn't I say me. last year that I didn't like Kittle because he stayed too much inside the block. That did not work out well for me, Ryan. So just, just remember that, buddy. <laughs> well, we yeah, always say that about Kittle, there. but it's a very different offense with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. They may need Back. Kittle to do different things with Trey Lance. That's, that's the only yeah. thing I'm throwing out there. So I just, I would like a little bit more of an ADP discount on George Kittle right now. 
Um, but anyway, Joe's biggest sleeper is Jeff Wilson. Um, basically, this is just as his tribute to his brother, Gianni. Um, it's always Jeff Wilson season in Gianni's mind. So that that's the whole reason he's there. Um, but Joe does add Mitchell is not the solidified RB1. And Jeff Wilson Jr. is free in drafts. Joe's IDP stash is Nick Bosa. He hates stating the obvious, but there's not a whole lot on the San Francisco defense you want a part of. Um, Fred Warner is another guy, but Nick Bosa comes in as his uh, IDP stash. We are going to end the show with the Kansas City Chiefs, a very uh, controversial team right now. The uh, They went 12-5 and five last year. Andy Reid is still the head coach. Eric Bieniemy is still the offensive coordinator. Most upside, Josh says McCole Hardman. I say Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Player who is the biggest trap, Josh says Juju. I say it's every wide receiver because I don't quite know how this is going to play out and gambling on any of them doesn't feel right. But Hutch... You are on the opposite side of Josh and I. If there is one fantasy team or fantasy yeah. player you are leaving your draft with from the Kansas City Chiefs, it is. Here's the thing, though. Before I say this pick, I want to say that I am not heavily targeting anyone on the Chiefs because there's not one player on the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes, he's a great player, but I don't love drafting an early quarterback. And... And I know I already see it in the comments. Uh, so this is one of our writers. <laughs> this is one of our writers who it has is, been giving yeah. Josh a hard time about the Juju hate as well. So yeah. I think Austin's I, on your side here. I'm picking Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, I believe in – I mean, he just made an awesome catch in camp today, which I'm not – I don't go crazy over workout videos. But Juju Smith-Schuster is just – I feel like he's very underrated. He All he's done over the past few years is he's put up some good numbers. And we've seen him, this guy, put up thousands of yards. He put up, this guy put up thousand yard seasons. And now he's in an offense with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, who's given Tyreek Hill multiple top five fantasy seasons. I mean, like, what else could you ask for? This is an opportunity to be the number one wide receiver. And outside of him, he's got a rookie in Sky Moore to compete with, a second round rookie who we have no idea what we're going to see within his rookie year. We, were, we have been spoiled by wide receivers lately with rookie years, but. I don't think Sky Moore is on the level that Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase are as a prospect. I feel like we can both agree there, yeah. right? We can all agree here. Yeah. And then Marcus Valdez scaling is just he's a field stretcher who doesn't have hands. Like I, I don't really understand what the hype is there. It's the, I think this is Juju. It's time to be the number one receiver for the Chiefs. And this was a, something that could have happened last year. Juju's almost signed by the Chiefs last yep. year. He took a discount. Uh, to, he took a discount to stay with the Steelers, and. I think he's ready to be the number one receiver for the Chiefs. I've got a wide receiver 34, though. Like, I'm not crazy in on him. I was going to say, and I do think that's the thing is, I was just going to say, when you when you picking your guys, there's going to be guys you're going to place over him, but not all of those guys has the ceiling he has playing with Patrick Mahomes. But Josh is about to tell us it doesn't matter. Go ahead, buddy. No, it doesn't. Like, here, here's the thing. And this was why I was, I'm down on Alan Lazard. Like, when you have wide receiver cores, running back room, et cetera, that are so very uncertain. Yeah. Thanks Austin. We're, we're going to have a chat after this. Um, <laughs> you know, when you have these, you know, unsettled, you know, running back wide receiver rooms, why, why pay up for the guy with the highest ADP? That makes zero sense to me. That that's kind of why I'm, I'm out on Lazard, even though I do have like a couple shares of him, but it's only just because at a certain point, the running backs weren't there. The tight end I maybe already had because I, I took a tight end early. Or, you know, the wide receivers there are just, eh. Like, that's kind of how I am with Juju. Juju right now is going as a wide receiver three. Alan Lazard is not going as a wide receiver three. 
So that's kind of where the discrepancy lies for me. Like, why would I want to go with a guy that last offseason when he was a free agent, nobody wanted him. This offseason, guess what? Nobody wanted him. Well, the Chiefs did. <laughs> but, but again, how long was he sitting on free agency before agreeing to a one-year prove-it deal? And how yeah. often do we see these one-year prove-it deals actually work? That's like, right. that's the other side of it. Everybody was balls to the wall with Will Fuller last year in Miami on a prove-it deal. One broken pinky later, he plays one game. Like, I'm not saying that Juju's only going to play one game, but this is a guy, yes, he had a thousand yard se- a couple thousand-yard seasons. With Antonio freaking Brown. Like, that's the guy that's going to pull all the attention away. Travis Kelsey is not the same type of receiving target that an Antonio Brown is. Because Kelsey's not going to get down the field the way that Antonio Brown could get down the field. Juju works in the small to intermediate. That's exactly where Travis Kelsey works. Yeah. So you're asking a guy to run the same type of routes that your best player is going to go to. And when that quarterback already has familiarity with that guy that's running the same routes you are, why would he look the other way? That doesn't make any sense at all. Like, I understand, like, in the top of the offseason, Ryan, I was very out on Mecole Harbin. Yep. I was like, this guy, you know, drafted to be the next Tyreek Hill, hasn't shown jack squat, and now it's like we're all expecting him to be that. Very young wide receiver in terms of, talent and skill because he transitioned to wide receiver very late in college but now he's going to get first crack at being that Tyreek Hill in this offense and he's going after Juju he's going after Sky Moore so listen if we're going to talk guy that I know Envy no no MVS is not going to get that opportunity hold on I have to I stop didn't you say MVS Juju Smith-Schuster is yeah. a viral superstar and the only person I yeah. know who is qualified to discuss viral superstars. Hey, the one and only. Jake. <laughs> no way. What? Oh my God. Where, where am I? I don't know what happened. I think Joe held me off at the live stream somehow from I afar. think he got all of the internet cut out in Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm completely surprised by this. What the heck? How did I not... Yo. What's going I didn't want on? to tell you that maybe possibly Jake might pop in. I just wasn't sure yet. So I figured I'd keep it to myself. What's no up, buddy? Way. Nice to join us. No, no, nothing, nothing. Just uh, popping in right in time for Juju Smith Schuster talk. So, yeah. virality. We want to talk Juju virality, huh? What's what's the gauge on that? Do we think it's like uh, uh, like he needs to start taking medication type of virality, or, uh, <laughs> or what? no? But more importantly, Jake, are you in or out on Juju Smith Schuster this year? I am in on him in theory. I'm out of. I'm out of I'm out on I'm him not, in practicality. <laughs> in practicality, because the guys who are going around his ADP, at least for right now, seem like I would just much rather have those guys. Like Rashad yeah, Bateman is going very close in ADP right now. I would so much rather have Rashad Bateman. And so it seems like when I get to that part in the draft, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I completely fair. agree. Like I do have him above his ADP by a couple spots, and I do like think he has a lot of potential. But like Rashad Bateman's going around him. Uh, you see guys like Traylon Burks a few spots behind him, Devonta Smith's behind him, like Brandon Ayuk is going a few spots behind him. Like I just like those guys a little bit better. So I've taken Juju in very few drafts, but I do think he has a lot of potential. 
So you, you kind of hit on a really interesting point, Jake, um, with the ADP. And we talked about this um, when we were talking about the 49ers. And name recognition, yeah. ADP right now, we, we've been joking, is all of us degenerates who live and do this all the time. And so we have our, you know, our predetermined outcomes of where Juju is going to end up. But when the masses start drafting two weeks from now, ADP is going to see some pretty significant changes. And as we mentioned, Trey Lance, a not very well-known guy, fell, is going to fall in ADP, we expect, because the bigger known guys, Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, they're going to get taken over him. Juju is a well-known name, a very well-known name, and is now the wide receiver one in Kansas City. So you mentioned right now, Jake, that right now you don't find him that great with the guys around him. That could get worse as the season goes. It could, which scares me. Uh, I I always... It does kind of mind freak me a little bit because, as you're saying, we're we're still a ways away from this the season. It's all of us mm-hmm. degenerates. I would almost think the yeah. degenerates would be siding with some of these lesser names and boosting them up, and they're, it's still not happening. That's interesting. I, yeah. I think with the uh, with Juju, like all it's going to take, all it's going to take is one more hype video about <laughs> yeah. MBS to one rock more. his ADP. Yeah, one all down and like. And then and the Sky Moore hype is real out. right now too. So the Sky Moore, yeah, yeah, the Sky Moore hype is real. Everyone wants to find the next Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Everyone wants to find that guy. I, I don't see if if I'm gonna bet on any guys to be that. There are there are many players I'd bet on before I bet on Sky Moore to be it. that next rookie wide receiver breakout. But before we move on with the Chiefs and Jake, I don't know how long you're gonna kick it with us. If it's the rest of the show, that's great. Um, this might be go, our first redraft user question of the season i feel like it is dynasty up to this point so trey uh welcome i don't think we've gotten a question from you hit subscribe um more importantly every saturday during the season we do a start sit show so after we get you through your draft if we give you some good advice here make sure you come back with us so trey's given us five running backs here miles sanders antonio gibson josh jacobs Brees hall and travis Etienne. All of which we've talked a little bit about on this show, and he would like us to rank them one to five. So we got a lot of us, and we're coming up against it. Hutch, just go ahead and give them your rankings. Um, looking at the, I think it would be in my rankings. I think I'd rank him Hall at the clear one. Hall's the only guy I have as a top fifteen running back in this thing. I have Hall at number nine. I think Jacobs would be – I think Jacob, Jacobs and Gibson are very close. I think I'd take Jacobs first personally. I like that offense better. So I think I'd take Jacobs, then Gibson, then Sanders oh – no, then ETN, then Sanders. All right. Jake? I'm crazy high on ETN still, even with James Robinson coming back. I think that the uh, the injury concerns aren't enough out there right now. It's just the hope of seeing him come back and the excitement. So I love ETN, especially in any form of PPR, whether half or full – so it's actually ETN for me, then Brees wow. Hall, and then we're talking Antonio Gibson. And then it's actually a fairly decent cut between Gibson and then Jacobs, then Sanders last. Okay. Josh? So I went through and just changed my rankings to half PPR really quick. So I've got <laughs> – I have Jacobs as my one. I say I know you're very high yeah, on Yeah, I'm that. very high on Josh Jacobs this year. I do like I do like Jacobs. I think he he's going to be a touchdown monster in that offense. Uh, I have Jacobs. This offense is Jacobs, then Gibson, then Brees Hall, then and I and again I do like ETN, but I like him better in standard or excuse me in regular PPR, PPR like full PPR yeah. versus half. 
Um, and then I would go Sanders. Sanders is a clear last for me in this one. He doesn't get near the pass, yeah, passing same. down work. And we saw last year how they're just not going to use him in the red zone. That's either going to be Gainwell or it's going to be hurt. So unless he's breaking off 20 plus yard touchdown runs, which is very much in his repertoire, I don't see him having like a top 24 style season. Yeah. Um, and again, he, he's constantly banged up. So I don't think he even clears the 200 carry threshold either. So. So I, I was just going to say, Trey, uh, this is one of those instances where you ask enough people the questions, you just get all the different answers because I'm going to muddy things up. I think the biggest takeaway here that everyone can agree with is Miles Sanders is last. So, yeah. yes. uh, and Miles I'll be Sanders honest, in last. most of our rankings, I don't know he belongs in this grouping. I am extremely high on Antonio Gibson. So Gibson would be my one. Brees wow. Hall would be my two. Jacobs and then Travis Etienne. So I think we all gave different answers. Most important thing did, here yeah. is Miles Sanders should not be in this grouping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Miles Sanders is the clear dead last one here. Yeah. Um, let's keep going. With I think there's the, different uh, levels of upside with all of them, though, in all honesty. I mean, if the Jets offense takes a big leap, Brees Hall could very easily be the number one in this offense. There you go. I think Hutch's question of who we're most avoiding is a bit of a controversial question, or answer rather. So, Hutch, I'm just going to let you go all the way in on this, and then I'll yell at you for a little bit, and I hope the rest will agree with me. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, this who are is you most avoiding in the Kansas City offense. Hutch? It's interesting because I talked about the player I was most targeting with Juju. Like, I'm not necessarily heavily targeting or heavily fading. I know Ryan's going to be really pissed. I'm not heavily targeting or any heavily fading anyone in this offense, but. The player I find myself drafting the least in this offense, I mean, I want to say Patrick Mahomes, but I, I don't want to say Patrick Mahomes because it's just I'm not an early quarterback guy. So I'm fading a lot of the early quarterbacks. But outside of Patrick Mahomes, it's Travis Kelsey. I don't Ooh. see the value in drafting Travis Kelsey in the first rounds. I don't see a top 10 pick from him anymore because he didn't even finish number one in his position last year. So you're not getting the positional advantage anymore. Like he's not the advantage anymore. He wasn't it last year and he's another year older. Now he has Tyreek Hill away for this offense. His offense probably still going to be a good offense, but I wouldn't expect this offense to repeat what they did last year and be like top five in points per game or top three. Like they were last year. Like, that's not the offense we're to see anymore. This is a whole new style of offense. Travis Kelsey's 32 years old now. That is a time where a lot we see a lot of those elite tight ends. You go back, look at elite tight ends, 32, 31 is that age where they start to fall. Maybe we see Travis Kelsey fall this season. Um, like, yeah, I feel like there's too many question marks for Travis Kelsey to be drafted in the first round. I have Mark Andrews ranked over Travis Kelsey as number one tight end, and I wouldn't even take Mark Andrews in the first round. Jake, so I saw you shaking your head. Yes. Yeah, I'm yeah. in full full agreement. I, I was yeah. I, I spent so long thinking I'm a literal insane person because I've never heard anybody agree with me on the Travis Kelsey fade. Yeah. Be, and when I say Travis fade, Kelsey I don't is want, the guy you got to be fading. Yeah, I'm not saying like, he's not going to be a good Austin tight end, but I am okay. saying exactly what Hutch is saying about at where you would draft him. Yes, I'm, at where I, you draft him. Oh no, Jake's internet went out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do that for Joe. I had to do that for Joe. <laughs> oh my God. That's that fair. was perfect. Fair. But no, I, I don't think I'm comfortable drafting him borderline in the first two rounds, nor any tight end this oh, year. Man, I'm fading the tight end position in the first couple of rounds. I'm okay. So oh, wow. That is a no, that is a valid draft strategy. And I'm mildly okay for strategy. Yeah, to not take a tight oh. end in the first two rounds. So I'm not against that. However, Hutch, you walked right into this. 
I you did. said that he is no longer a positional advantage, and I understand that he's, he's no longer the number beat. one tight end. Look, he he's get an advantage beat. over all. He's advantage over most other tight ends, but he's being drafted as the clear number one tight end, and that's not what he is anymore. He can be beat one time in five years and still be the best tight end. But let's just talk about what the positional advantage is. Yes, Mark Andrews had a great season last year, and we're not even going to get into whether he can repeat that or not. He's a positional you, advantage, but he's not the Mark Andrews. Do you know? Positional advantage. So, do you know who the tight end three was last year? It was Dalton Schultz. Isn't that correct? Great, great, great fantasy tight end. Do you know how many points per game Travis Kelsey beat Dalton Schultz by the tight end two to the tight end three? I believe it was about two points per game. It was four points per game. Okay. That's the next gap. The tight end 10, if you have 10 teams in your league, that's a six to seven point gap. That is a positional advantage, and he is still worth that first round pick. Jake, you're both wrong. You're both crazy people. <laughs> I'll, I'll say they also oh, stupidly not. think. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Josh. But, but why would you, you do stupidly think? One? You're absolutely right. <laughs> he's not worth. I don't think he's worth picking as the tight end one because he's not the clear tight end one anymore. Because he's being drafted because so he far was ahead beat of Mark one Andrews. time. He was beat one time, and that that tells you that he's no longer the tight end one. Hush. Yeah, because he's another year older. This is a completely new offense. We know what Mark Andrews is. It's he's not a completely offense, new offense. Quarterback. It's not a new offense. It's all it's the same. Tyreek Hill offense. Tyreek Hill didn't gone. call the plays. Three, hold on, Tyreek Hill's <laughs> gone. Then there's three new wide receivers. He's another year older. This is a completely new situation. Well, wouldn't that tell you that now the offense is going to focus on the one guy that still knows the offense? Sounds like a recipe for 160 <laughs> targets. I was about to say over. He it sounds like a recipe for him to get double teams. Seven straight years over 100 targets. He has averaged over 99 receptions the last four years. Mark Andrews did it on touchdowns. He was great last year. But here's what people are forgetting about this Ravens offense. They had no running backs last year. They had to throw the football. If those running backs come back, they're not throwing the football 600 times. That's a big if. Lamar Jackson can't throw the football. <laughs> they did also lose their number one wide receiver in Marquise Brown. We don't know what Rashad Bateman is. They still have a very. I, I agree. Wide I'm receiver. not saying that Mark Andrews won't be the 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 like the number one receiving option, but I would much rather take the number one receiving option on a team that I know is going to throw the football 600 times versus a team that has only thrown the football 600 times once in all of Greg Roman's years as an offensive play caller. Well, and also, and Hutch, I'm not picking on you. I, I hope you know this in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But wh- why is it cool that Baltimore lost their top option, but not that Kansas City <laughs> lost their top option? Yeah, but can I answer that? Because I would yes. love to, because I want to write a full thesis about this now. Okay. So what I believe to be the case here is that, yes, they lost Tyreek Hill, and that's a huge hit. And no, I don't think anybody's saying that's not a huge hit. But what nobody's really acknowledging is that there are, in my opinion, three wide receivers that all came in this year who are much better, again, in my opinion, than what they had behind Tyreek Hill last year. Meaning Absolutely. the ability to spread out the ball this year could very well be on the Okay. Table. And we that is a new that yeah. offense. Right. And that Travis Kelsey can still theory. gain a lot of the defensive. Yeah attention that way as the preeminent dude but then these other three could maybe feast which so maybe i should be in on juju a little bit more because of that and maybe i'll have to reevaluate well i will say you are yeah. the first person to explain it that way and now i don't think you think stupidly or whatever <laughs> i mean i was <laughs> i was i was i i was Way to actually, save face jake 
I wasn't about to like bring. I was like literally just about like, what if they brought in these receivers to spread the ball around Travis Kelsey? Like they like okay. they struggled to have another three receiver forever. Like they've gone through uh, Sammy Watkins, Miko Harmon. They've gone through these guys. They've struggled outside Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. What if they brought in these guys who have multiple Robinson solid options? Byron Pringle. What's the matter with you? <laughs> and and also you want to talk about. So you said uh, you want to talk about the volume argument, right? For uh, Travis Kelsey, like consistently tons and tons of volume. Mark Andrews had 153 targets last year. That is more than Travis Kelsey had ever had in a single season, going back to his entire career. Now tell me how many times Greg Roman has thrown over 600 balls. I was going to say, last year is a weird That's an anomaly, dude. So. Greg Roman offense. Roman's not their quarterback, dum-dum. He's not their quarterback. <laughs> no, but he's the offensive play caller. He's the offensive play caller. Seven out of nine years, he has ranked 29th or worst in total number of pass attempts as a play caller. Last year was the only year his offense has ever ranked in the top 10 in the NFL in pass attempts. That's why I'm just out on both of them. And then I can be. Well, I was going to say, Jake, based on your strategy. Now, Jake, I I, I don't want to spend. I mean, we're already way over, but I do want to ask this question. It's a question I ask on the mock (laughs) draft show all the time. So if you're avoiding tight end early. Are you a gamble on middle round tight end or are you punt until double digit rounds guy? Please don't gamble on a middle round tight end. First of all, I should just say nobody should really take my tight end takes very seriously because I'm notoriously (laughs) terrible at projecting them. With that out of the way, here's what I'm going to do this year and follow along. I will fall into the mid round trap with one guy and his name is Zach Ertz. So, okay. and that's because of what I, I think the that. advantage will be that to start good. the year with DeAndre Hop- yep. Hopkins out those first six games. That's Take that edge where I can get it. If he falls after that, fine. Then I'll start streaming the position, but at least to kick things off, I'd feel comfortable. And Ertz is a borderline yeah. late round guy. His overall ADP is yeah, 95 Ertz is right now. So he's, uh, you, you can almost call him late at this point. Um, yeah, Ertz going late, late in drafts. Yep. Yeah. I guys, I don't want to. We we we've been over, and I don't like to waste people's time. So I'm just going to quickly run through. Hutch, you had Ronald Jones as your under the radar player. You're yes. throwing up as you say it, so I don't think we need to talk about this. No, Joe I just I just don't like Clyde Tulare, and someone's got to be a good. Someone's got to be a running back here. Someone's got to carry the ball. So that's fair. Um, Joe has Sky Moore as his biggest sleeper. He can't even give a reason, but he also said you can't give him a reason. Why not? The weapons of the offense suck. Yeah. Um, he has uh, the rookie George Karlaftis as his IDP stash. Um, basically, because the weapons suck, he thinks the defense is going to be on the field all the time. George Karlaftis is going to be a great pass rusher. However, this is the thing I wanted to end the show with, and we talked about this earlier this offseason. And I think this is a great group to talk about it again. Joe has put a guarantee into the show sheet. This team will finish last in the AFC West. And he would put money on that right now. And he is the same Joe Zolo that said to bet the Chiefs under 12 and a half wins way back in July last year. So what I would like before we get into the outros is, can you guys break down for me how we think the AFC West is going to shake out And more importantly, with the new playoff system, could this division put all four teams in the playoffs, or do you not think that's going to happen? Hutch? Um, I would bet, if I had to bet money, I would bet the Broncos as the winners of the division. I believe Russell Wilson will take them to that next level. And then I would take the Chargers just choking and falling right behind in second place. And then I would have the Chiefs at third. Uh, and then with Ty- Tyreek Hill gone, I feel like this is going to be a learning year for them. And then okay. I'll put the Raiders at fourth. I just, 
and that defense and that offensive line is not going to hold up in, in this. How division. many of them make the playoffs? I think three of them will make the playoffs. I think the Raiders just miss it. Jake. Yeah, I boy, it's it's weird for it's me to so think hard. that the Broncos because I could see all four of them winning close. the division this year. I still, I don't know. It's probably the safe answer, but I will say the Chargers will stick at the top. And I'm not going to uh, acknowledge Russell Wilson's talent. He's done it too much himself already, and somebody needs to bet against it at this point. I'm going to be that guy. Yeah. Uh, So I'm actually going to say that it will be the Chiefs number two. I think the talent is still overall good enough. And then I think it's going to be the Broncos and then the Raiders wrapping things up. I don't think that the Raiders make it in, so I will go with three teams here. Joshua? Wow. I, I will so say I do. Yeah, it it's really so is. Um, I, I, I do think that the AFC West will get at least three teams in. I, I, I will say that. I, yes. I, I think there's a, a very good chance that all four can get in because just really looking at the AFC as a whole. Because um, you have you know, four there, division There's so, mu- there's so then, much writing on right. Lamar to get the Ravens in. I was just going to say the, that's in, the division the that, that muddies this is the. Yeah. If you believe yeah, in the no. Browns coming back, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Browns, Ravens, they're toast. So. Uh, okay. they, they've got no, way too much turmoil going done. on with them. No the Steelers, way. they're not going to do anything with Trubisky. And, yep. and, and but the Ravens and the Bengals, the make South is so. Colts or bust. I, I don't think that the Titans are. They, they, I just can't see them doing it two years yeah. ago. They, they, there have been some sort of magic, and they pulled some fucking voodoo shit. Never forget, they were the number one seed last I, year. D- trust me, I know, and I still can't figure out how because they're not a very good football right, team. Right, because with the new playoff system, there's seven teams, four division Correct. winners. Correct, yeah, three so four extra. division winners, so, three wild cards. So, so that means and then you've got, and the then you've got the AFC East. You know, have the Dolphins taken that next step? I don't know. The Patriots could still very well get in. You know, maybe Mac Jones takes a leap. But you've got uh, some very experienced play callers in the AFC West. You have really good quarterbacks there. You know, what kind of head coach is Josh McDaniels going to be? I think that's going to be a huge thing because he bombed hard the first time. But he spent 11 years as a coordinator after the fact. So maybe Mm -hmm. he's picked up a few things. A whole new generation now for Josh McDaniels. Exactly. So... You know, we know, like, I'm I'm one of those types of people I don't bet against Andy Reid. So I don't know that I'd put him last. I think if I had to choose somebody, and it pains me to say it, it's going to be the Chargers because that franchise just has a lot of shit luck. Wow. They really have a yeah. lot of shit luck. I mean, I put them in second place because I always think, I think they'll be yeah. right there with the Broncos and eventually in the like, end. Like, just, just something. Josh just put the last touch. <laughs> what? But the, they could still very last. well have a winning record. That's last what I'm saying. Like, I they think all four teams very well have a winning, winning record. record and finish last. Like that division is that yeah. good. But Absolutely. you know, Herbert is all world at this point. But does Mike Williams go up for a 50-50 fall and come down bad on a knee? We've seen it happen. Does Derwin right, James not, stay healthy? We've let's seen not jinx not the Chargers here. Just give no, us I, your I'm four. not trying to. I'm just saying <laughs> this franchise is full of bad luck. It They're is. full of bad luck. Yeah. So I like. And that's just a gut feeling. I, I really, there's no real like physical evidence to the fact, but it's just like that. That's where I would lean. Like if I had to pick a last place team in this division, they're they are set up for to be a super team this year. 
They have added some amazing pieces on offense. They have. Defense. Like, Absolutely they, they have. They are but Khalil set Mack up. is a shell of himself. Well, Josh, who yeah. Mack's yeah. not the same Khalil Who's Mack. Who's your winner, Josh? Who are your other three? <laughs> yeah, come on. Let's go. Stop <laughs> if stalling. If I had let's to go. place you gotta the bet on who would win, I would probably take the Broncos. All right, let's go. And then who's got second? I want to know. I want to hear these yeah. things. Who's got Everybody second? else just did it. So Broncos won, Chargers four, Chiefs getting I'll second. Take, I'll take the Raiders and the Chiefs. Okay, so you are putting them at third. So for me, wow. it's the Chargers at one. I am actually I'm in lockstep with Jake. It's Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders. I, however, do believe all four teams make the playoffs. So I, I believe all four teams will go 500. I mean, plus five yeah. or over 500. But I just think that there's going to be gonna a team beat up on each other. Probably the probably either the Patriots or the Dolphins or the Bengals slash Ravens who will beat out the uh, who will beat I'm out. I'm just the glad we leaders. all disagree with Joe and he's not here to argue with us. Yes, that's down. Suck it, Joe. Ooh, Joe deal with it. <laughs> Guys, we made it to the end. Thank you so much for those who stuck with us. I know we're a little bit over tonight. Thank you so much, Hutch, for guesting. Jake, I'm going to let you go ahead and outro yourself party, first. You were here for four and a half seconds, but it was a Let's great go, four and a half seconds. I don't now. even deserve an outro. Oh, let me just please. pass it along to the superstar over here, Hutch. Thank you guys for letting me pop on and annoy you for a bit. Absolutely. Hutch, tell the people. Uh, you guys can go follow me on Twitter at HutchsonB underscore FF. It's my uh, you know username right there on the stream. You can go follow me on TikTok at Hutchison Brown and go check out Hutchison Brown's Fantasy Football Perspective pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Check out my articles I write for DLF, my videos I make on the football guys in their YouTube channel. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Jake, thanks for jumping on last second, man. It was, uh, yeah, absolutely. It was fun talking to you for a bit and uh, trashing Travis Kelsey with you. Yeah, <laughs> you just needed the backup. That's all. It really yeah, I did. I needed backup there. Guys, look inside. Is I Josh has it in the notes. It's in full swing, but it's coming to an end. Let's be perfectly clear now. We only have two teams left to discuss. But if you're not aware, on our website, we are doing player spotlight articles to go along with every one of these teams. Last week, we had articles on Josh Allen, Derek Henry, and Mike Evans. We dropped a Trey Lance article from Austin Amendola on Monday, and Joel Wirth just gave us an Aaron Jones article today. He is also giving us a Travis, El- Ar- uh, Travis Kelsey article this upcoming Friday. So make sure you are checking out the website. We have great articles popping all the time. Every Monday, you need to subscribe to our YouTube channel right now. Every Monday, I'm doing a mock draft show with me in Austin. This upcoming week, we're keeping it all in the Club Fantasy house. We are going to have Kira Wytrowski on, and we are going to do our last best ball mock of the season. So we're getting you guys prepared for the uh, underdog, trying to get you a couple of million dollars so that you can support our show and we don't have to work real jobs anymore. Um, so last <laughs> week, last week we had Emerson Beery on this week. We have Kira Wytrowski on. And then of course, next week we finish up the series. We have the Los Angeles Rams, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Super Bowl show. Joe Zolo should be back, but way more importantly, we're keeping it in the football guys family. And my friend, Chris Allen is going to join the show before we do the full yeah. outro that I'm going to do. Absolutely terribly. Josh wants to talk to you guys a little bit about the women of fantasy. So we've talked about on the last two weeks, the, the raffles that we're going to be uh, doing and giving away the jerseys and all this good stuff. We've announced the Larry Fitzgerald signed Cardinals Jersey assigned Emmett Smith Cowboys Jersey assigned Josh Allen Bills jersey, assigned Najee Harris Steelers jersey, and assigned Deion Sanders Falcons jersey. So I'm going to go through right now, and I'm going to announce the last three jerseys that we're going to be giving away. And it feels very fitting because we talked about one of these teams today. So one of the jerseys I'm giving away 
a signed George Kittle jersey. <laughs> Heck yeah. One of the, the the goat before the goat, a signed Joe Montana, Montana. 49ers jersey. Ooh. And for the cherry on top, because he broke all kinds of records last year as a rookie, a signed Jamar Chase Bengals jersey. My goodness. You can find <laughs> all of these giveaways during our Women of Fantasy Football shows beginning on August 10th. I'm hoping that next week we will be able to officially announce the full lineup. Just waiting on a few final confirmations. And you will see a whole bunch of graphics. So be sure to follow at women of underscore FF. We'll go through and announce the entire lineup. Womenoffantasyfootball.com is where you can find all of the raffles as they go live. Next week, we will start with the official first line of raffles, which will be the George Kittle signed 49ers jersey and the signed Joe Montana signed jersey. Montana 49ers yep. jersey. Yeah, anyway. Um, $5 buys you a raffle ticket. 100% of the proceeds goes towards a Women of Fantasy Football galvanized scholarship, which will pay the entrance into the boot camps that Laura Oakman and Galvanize organize with different NFL teams over next summer. Some of these are invaluable for women that want to have careers in sports. And this is why we're so incredibly honored to be partnering with Laura to help women get more involved in sports, more involved in football, more involved in fantasy football, all about it. And I'm so excited for this year's raffles because these are some big jerseys that I've procured this year, and I really hope yeah. we hit our goal of $3,000 raised. Let's do it. All right, guys. That's the end of the show. You can follow Hutchinson at HutchinsonB underscore FF. You can follow Jake at Jake Trowbridge. You can follow Josh at The One Hunsodian, and you can follow me at The Fantasy Five. Five is spelled out. You can follow Club Fantasy on all of the socials at Club Fantasy FFL. And please make sure, more importantly than anything, with what Josh just said, make sure you are following the Women of Fantasy Football account, which is at... Yeah women of underscore of, ff correct so women of underscore ff always remember that defense wins championships offense wins fantasy and we will see you next week talking the Bengals and the rams with chris allen from football guys